Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Sandoval. Happy here to be with you, especially during our Advent season. Um, you know, Advent season, we start thinking Christmas. Everybody's saying Merry Christmas, even though it's not Christmas yet. Imagine somebody wishing you a happy birthday, uh, even though your birthday has, isn't going to happen for about a month. You'd be like, you're a little bit early. But that's kind of how we do things, right? One of the challenging things is during the holiday season, very, very common to have a few pitfalls. Let's talk about those pitfalls. Uh, but first, here at the top of the noon hour, let's get started with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Thou Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke, and we humbly pray unto thou, o Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, that's kind of what happens in the holidays. Pitfalls, seeking the ruin of souls. Now, this show isn't about, uh, you know, demonic spirits giving us pitfalls during the holidays, although, you know, that's, that's for a different show. What this show is about is we kind of sometimes walk into our own pitfalls, whether we like it or not. Um holidays are an interesting uh time of year and i say holidays obviously we're going to be we're in the middle of advent here we're coming up on christmas but the sense of this holiday season you know usually for some people it starts with halloween and they're going to start dressing up and getting candy and all that stuff for a nice halloween costume and then we roll into thanksgiving and then all of a sudden christmas comes up and uh and then also we have new year's and there's this idea i think that the holiday season comes with a lot of expectations. Things are supposed to, we're supposed to meet certain expectations and we don't, we, we, we don't. And then we get into this weird sense of we have failed. We failed because our holidays weren't perfect. So common to have that, you know, it, probably 90% of the people I see uh, in clinic during this time, it, that's what they're going through. You know, they're going through the holiday season blues is what I would call it. And there's a lot of holiday pitfalls. The reason that it's important to pay attention to this is because we can ruin our holidays. And I'll explain what that means. 
not because we failed, but because we're because we're imperfect or anything like that. We're imperfect all year. There's things going on all year. How is it that we ruin our holidays? We ruin our holidays really more than anything else by not paying attention to what the holiday is all about and thinking it's all about us or putting the focus on us. But we're going to look at that in our show today and talk about a few points as to what we don't want to focus on and what can really bring us out of of that shell. So the first pitfall I would say during the holidays, uh, and I've, I've listed a few of them here, so we'll go through as many as we can. First half of the show, we'll talk about the pitfalls. Afterwards, we're going to talk about how do we combat these pitfalls? How do we make it so that, you know, it's not uh, it, it's not over. So the first pitfall, look at my list here. <clears throat> the first pitfall is that we feel our holidays need to be perfect. You know, we see this very clearly as we gear up for the holiday season for our, I should say, excuse me, we're in the midst of the holiday season. You know, we, we see commercials on TV. We see posters, we see images, we have this idea as to what it's supposed to be. And, you know, we get to the grocery store, we got to find if we're getting ready for Thanksgiving, we got to find the perfect turkey, the perfect meal. I have to cook my X, Y, or Z recipe because that's what makes the whole holiday better. Everybody loves my stuffing. If my stuffing isn't great, gosh, Thanksgiving is ruined. And we start thinking that way during Christmas too, as we prepare for Christmas during the Advent season. You know, we look at the commercials and the families get together and it better be my holiday. If I did not have it, if I am not in a Christmas lodge somewhere in some kind of a Christmas town, cutting down my own Christmas tree, which is clean and perfect and nobody gets messy uh, because that's what the TV shows portray. uh, And there better be snow and it better not ruin anybody's uh, driving around or we get, uh, you know, we get snowed in and it's so romantic that way. And everybody's dressed in holiday sweaters, you know, Christmas time and uh, <clears throat> all the family gets together and everybody's smiling. And there's going to be some Christmas miracle this year. Well, that's a pretty high expectation for Christmas, too. And if something like that doesn't happen, if we don't reach that level of perfection, boy, that that's kind of it's over. So one of the first pitfalls is that we have to have a picture perfect holiday. And, you know, picture perfect is just that. It's I've got this image of of what uh, what the holiday is going to look like, of what the the scene is going to look like. And if it doesn't look that way, gosh, it's a failure. Okay, sometimes it feels that way. The next pitfall is one of the most common ones because the, the first one I hear in therapy all the time where people say, oh, well, this is what's supposed to happen or somebody's coming over, so I've got to, you know, this or I've got to do that. Um, there's all there's just this general expectation. The next pitfall is a little bit more um, interesting. Uh, the next one is I have to be happy. Everybody's supposed to be happy. To, you know, it's the holidays. Can't you just be happy? Can't you just not be depressed during the holiday season? Can't you just stop worrying about things? It's the holidays. We're not supposed to worry during the holiday season. That's how it goes. That's the expectation. Because you're going to ruin number one. You're going to ruin my my perfect picture. In my perfect picture, nobody's in a bad mood, right? And so the next thing that happens is everybody has to be in a happy mood. Depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, delusional disorder, whatever it is people are suffering, these illnesses don't take a break during the holiday season. 
like saying high blood pressure, diabetes, you know, paralysis, whatever medical ailments are going on, they don't take a break during the holiday season either. That's something to consider. The expectation that all of a sudden, because we are gathering as family, that we are going to uh, meet for particular feasts, and that all of a sudden, mental health has to take a break, physical health has to take a break. That's a pretty big burden because it's it's unrealistic. It's like telling somebody, hey, you know, the sun better not set today, but it sets every day. Now, some sunsets are prettier than others. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. If there's a cloud cover, you know, there's different shades of it, but the sun's always setting. That can happen with our moods too. Some days are better than others. Uh, some days we might not feel depressed. Some days we might not feel anxious. Some days we might not worry about what we normally worry about. Other days might be a little bit rough. But just because it's the holiday season, it's a pretty big expectation to put on ourselves to say, nope, I'm not going to be uh, suffering. I'm not going to feel uh, depressed this year. I'm not going to, you know, that's a big expectation. Can it happen? Can we try to force the issue? We can, but usually I've seen people when they do try to force the issue kind of fall into a, a further depression um, because they're trying to control it. And there's some, some aspects that we can, some aspects that we can't. And we'll talk about that in the second half of the show, but that's another expectation. You know, it's, it's gotta be a picture perfect holiday. The second one is everybody has to be in a happy mood. It better not change. Uh, the third one, and especially around Christmas time, the third one is an interesting one because Christmas time is about presents. Hmm. Right? We think about presents. That's just the, you know, I say it's about presents because that's what we do. That's not what Christmas is about. Right? Obviously, we're going to get into that in the second half of the show, too. But when we think about Christmas, I don't know anybody, you know, around us. If you're Catholic, of course, we're thinking about the birth of Christ. But if you're walking around, what do you, what do we think about when it comes to the birth of Christ? Well, it's going to be Christmas. I'm supposed to give out presents. That's the culture. That's what we do. That's, that's Christmas. Right? I'm going to wrap a present. The present, and then what do we always say? It's a thought that counts. But is it really? Is it really? You know, you give somebody a present, and they're like, wow, that was so thoughtful. Sometimes. But if you give somebody something that wasn't perfect, right? Uh, or that you didn't, weren't sure what to give this person, but you know, you got to give it to them because it's going to look bad if you don't. Or you give somebody something that you think is going to make them so happy and they get their present and they're less than enthused about it. You know, that's an interesting uh, situation to be in with the idea of presence. That can be very, very stressful for people. And I know I had a patient one time who uh, was so stressed out about the presence because they were going to have a family get together. And this is going to lead into my next point. And there were some family members there they hadn't spoken to in a while, didn't want to speak to in a while. And all of a sudden they said, you know, it's going to be awkward. I don't know what to do because there's like two or three people I don't want to give anybody presents to. And with that in mind, all of a sudden they said, I, I just can't give them, you know, what am I supposed to do? Give everybody else presents and not them. And they were really, really stressed out about this. Well, we're coming up here on the break, folks. We're going to keep talking about a few more pitfalls that we can fall into during the holiday season. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk about how do we overcome each one? All right, folks, we're going to talk more about this after the break.
All right, folks. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we are talking about holiday pitfalls. What's going on with the holidays? Why can there be so many pitfalls? Well, because that's the way holidays go. You know, we're coming up on Christmas here as we're preparing for Christmas during our Advent season. Uh, we're supposed to be praying and fasting and preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ. And yet, all of a sudden, you know, why wouldn't it be a happy day on Christmas Day? Because we're human and there's issues and that's kind of what happens. Um, you know, let's not lose sight of what the holiday is about. What is Christmas all about? What is Advent all about? Why is it that we have such a, a sad time when Christmas is over? Well, these are the pitfalls that happen. Before the break, we were talking about how one of the pitfalls is expecting a picture-perfect holiday where we we can call it the Hallmark holiday. You can call it whatever you want. You know, um, All these images of what the day is supposed to look like, who we're supposed to hang out with, and the feeling we're supposed to have inside, which is pitfall number two, idea that everybody has to be in a happy mood. We cannot be upset because <clears throat> that's going to ruin the holiday for people. And that's not the holiday mood. The next one is when it comes to giving presents or receiving presents, um, a lot of times, you know, we start to feel like, gosh, I'm going to ruin the holiday. I'm not going to get the right present or I'm going to make the holiday so perfect uh, that because I got this one present and it's going to fix everything. Those are some pretty high expectations, you know, um, <clears throat> the expectation of, oh, I really hope I get this during the holidays. I uh, hope I get this Christmas present and that can ruin things too. It's not fulfilled. It just depends on the person, how they're feeling what they're doing, but these are some of the pitfalls that we can fall into. When it comes to presents and getting together during the holidays, one of the challenges is, and this is a, a big one that I see all the time, is unresolved family issues. Before the break, we were talking about one of my patients one time was very concerned because there were going to be about two or three family members, I don't remember how many, that were going to be at the holiday party at the family get-together at the Christmas party for the year, and they really didn't want to get them anything they didn't want to give any presents they didn't want to um even see them or be with them uh, and that was going to be a source of contention and they were saying i don't know how it's going to happen but i'm just not going to do it uh, and i know it's going to cause controversy and people will get upset but i really don't care that's their that was their attitude that's how they were going to go about it and we talked about how is that the smartest way to go because the question was, what's going on there? Why would you do that during the holiday season? Why, why make it that? Why, why make that point at that time? Is that the right time to do that? And so, what we talked about was the next pitfall of the holidays is unresolved family issues. We wait all year, or I should say, we avoid all year trying to deal with family issues. We don't talk to a person, we don't see the person, but we're families. We're connected in different ways. <clears throat> kind of reminds me a little bit about like the way the communion of the saints is right whether we like it or not we're connected and there's not going to be such a thing as an unresolved family issue when we get to heaven you know this is how we're connected by before getting through those pearly gates god tells us hey you got to have all your issues resolved and in fact he tells us why don't you guys resolve everything before you even present yourself before the judge you know there's no there, why wait until the judge has to make a decision if you two come up and you say hey we've got no beef we've got no issue okay and then nothing to judge here it's all done it's all gone you know christ told his apostles whatever you 
loose on earth is loose in heaven and whatever you keep tied on earth is tied in heaven but he tells that to us too as far as the level that we can forgive each other that we can hold on to grudges or let them go that is important to consider um because it does keep a bond it keeps a um i would say there's a bond well you do bond with somebody when you have uh, an issue with them that you don't forgive or is not resolved, but it's not a positive bond. It's not a happy bond. Uh, what it is, is you're really chained to each other with heavy chains. Uh, if the issue is not resolved, unresolved family issues can be a very, very big burden on any family get together. But especially during the holidays, it might make it so that we don't keep focus on the holiday itself. Why? Because Christmas, if we're going to talk about Christ, how can I think about Christ? How can I think about the birth of Christ if I'm still arguing, if I'm still holding on to petty points, or maybe I am right, and maybe the world knows I'm right, but you know what? I'm going to go ask for forgiveness from them. We'll talk about that in the second half of the break, but unresolved family issues are a big deal during the holidays. You know, you're going to get together with, with different members of the family, and you're like, oh no, uncle, whoever it is over there, uncle Tommy, uncle Bob, uncle Fred, whoever it is, um, boy, they're just kind of weird, or they said this last year and didn't sit well with me, or take your pick. There's so many different uh, things that can happen that we feel might ruin our day, that might ruin the holiday. And it might, because it's going to put a barrier between us and what is truly being celebrated. So unresolved family issues is a big one. The next one's a little bit trickier. Um, the next pitfall, it's along the same lines, and I think it bleeds into the unresolved family issues because it's easy to point the finger and say, that guy's weird. I don't like that person. This person did that or that. But I would say the next one is unresolved self-issues. And what I mean by that is, when was the last time we did a good examination of conscience and ask ourselves, not have I, not just as, you know, the usual, run, you know, have I sinned? Did I do this? Did I do that? Let's see, what are my regular sins? Let me revisit those. Uh, let me take a look at what I did wrong. Yeah, that's that's normal. We do that before every confession. But how many times do we actually dig deep? By digging deep, I mean, how many times do we stop and ask ourselves, you know, I'm looking at the list of the Ten Commandments and seeing which one I broke, which one I didn't break. But how many times do we pull out the virtues and say, have I been patient? Have I been modest? Have I been prideful? Have I, um, you know, really made that effort to uh, be charitable? Have I been losing faith in God? How many times do we look at those lists for our self-issues? The reason I say that is because it's very easy to say, oh, I don't want to go there because of this person or that person. But do we take that step back and say, well, what am I doing to other people's holidays? You know, what am I doing? Where am I internally? What am I bringing to the holiday table? That's an important question to ask because sometimes we think that other people ruin our holidays and we don't realize that. I'm carrying a lot of baggage. I'm sad. I'm feeling um, out of sorts. And I know that I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. I know that I'm thinking in ways that I probably shouldn't think. I know that um, there's things I'm not doing that I should be doing. Uh, and that can be a huge burden too. The hard part with that one is that we don't always see it because we're not always walking in front of a mirror. And I see my life, we all see our lives from the inside out. I don't I don't see my life as a movie. I see the rest of the world as a movie. But I don't see me as a player all the time in it because everybody else is in front of me. The world's a stage. 
Everything in front of me is a stage. It's all internal. I don't see what I'm doing. I don't see how I affect other people. I don't see the aftermath of if I smile or if I don't smile. And this is something that can be a little bit challenging. It can be a little bit challenging all around. So we're going to get into how do we address that? What do we do about it? It can be kind of daunting too, because it's not a pretty place to go. We don't always like to see this. We don't always like to see ourselves because we're afraid that we're going to find something that is ugly. It's kind of like why people hate to see me, a psychiatrist. Nobody wants to go to therapy or a psychiatrist. People are always, you know, if we, if you go to a party and there is a cardiologist there, gosh, by all means, people start saying, if you're going to ask them cardiology type questions, nobody's got a problem with that. You know, we're at, let's just pretend we're at a holiday party. We're at, let's say it's Christmas day and you're with your family and there's a cardiologist there. You know, no problem. Oh, you know what? I better go ask him this question because I want to make sure that my ticker is working well and that my heart is okay. And, you know, gosh, what if the heart sounds this way? And what if it does this? Oh, so is my heart okay? Is it not okay? Oh, okay. Uh, what about, you know, I heard about this diagnosis. What does that mean? We can ask the cardiologist so many questions or take any and take your pick on anybody else in uh, medicine. No problems there. But you get to the psychiatrist. The biggest thing that I get asked, and this is why I don't like telling people, and somebody doesn't know me, I don't like telling people that I work in mental health and I'm a psychiatrist or anything along those lines. What happens at that party? You get to that party, and all of a sudden, you're walking around, and people are like, hey, nice to meet you. How are you? Oh, okay, great. Oh, no, he's a psychiatrist. Well, I've had a few different reactions. Either people turn right around and walk away, and I say, well, nice to meet you too. Uh, or the next question, the most classic question, is, are you analyzing me? Now, why would that be a big deal? If there was a cardiologist there, and he was going to tell you, you know, I'm a cardiologist, I'm a specialist, gosh, I know the heart in and out. Uh, you would tell him, really? Tell me more about my heart, because I want to make sure that it's working well. Let me ask, in fact, let me ask you a question. You want, you got your stethoscope? You can listen to it right now. No problem. Get get in there. Yeah, let's, let's go deep. Tell me what's going on with the heart. I want to make sure that it's working well. I don't want to die. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, let's clean it through. Let me ask you a few questions. And then, you know, gosh, now that we're here at the holiday party, look at this feast. Should I eat that? Should I not eat that? What's that doing? You would ask him so many different questions. You get the psychiatrist in there and all of a sudden I become a quack. I'm just a psychiatrist. Boy, I become a quack. People turn around or they say, are you analyzing me? And if they, my question is, well, if I was a cardiologist and there's a heart, no problem. You want to show them your heart. You want to ask them questions. But if it's a psychiatrist, now we're scared why oh no can you read my mind do you have jedi mind tricks there's things that i don't want you to know about me there's things i don't want you to see if it's my heart i want you to know everything about it because i want to make sure that it's healthy if it's my mind if it's who i am there's ugly places there i don't want to see and i don't want anybody else to see them because i'm either in denial that they're there or i know that they're there and it's easy to just walk through the world pretending that they're not or uh, there might be something there that I haven't even addressed, but I don't want to see it because it could be ugly. There's this fear that we have. It's a very, very real fear. Uh, I remember I went with a colleague one time to lunch, and that was the only time we went to lunch because when we were at lunch, it was just a colleague. It wasn't even a patient. It was well, obviously not a patient, <laughs> but it was just a colleague. Uh, knew him okay. Uh, and we, it just happened to be one of these days where we're like, oh, gosh, lunchtime. Yeah, oh, let's go grab lunch. Oh, yeah, let's go grab lunch. And we sit down and that was one of the questions. And I, they were like, well, you're, you're here in psychiatry. I'm like, yeah, but dude, you're a nurse. And we're all in the same area. And he's like, well, what do you, have you diagnosed me yet? 
And I said, what do you mean have I diagnosed you? Why would I diagnose? Like, what are you talking about? I'm not on the clock. If I'm not in the clinic, I'm not diagnosing anybody. But that tells us a lot about human nature. In human nature, we don't like to look at ourselves. We don't like to look at that examination of conscience before confession is tough. But that one's private, right? We we kind of private. We think we're doing it privately. The world will eventually know all of our sins. But we get to the confessional booth. It's quiet. It's private. It's just me and the priest. I go behind the curtain mercifully and uh, say my sins and blessed and done. The uh, the idea of a psychiatrist or somebody almost picture me almost as a psychic, you know, all of a sudden we don't like that. Before you even knew I was a psychiatrist, no problem. You came up and said hi to me. But then all of a sudden, you know, I'm a psychiatrist and it gets kind of scary. We don't like to do those self-issues. And that's what can be really, really challenging. You know, one of the things during the holidays is that we don't like to see each other or we don't like to see ourselves. Well, folks, we're coming up here on the break. But then when we come back from the break, we got to ask ourselves, what does all this mean? What is the holiday all about anyway? Why so much pressure? Well, we'll have to find out about that when we come back from the break. All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we're talking about the holiday pitfalls. What can happen to quote unquote ruin our holidays. Well, there's so many different things and the idea, first of all, that we can even ruin the holiday, that's kind of a, a huge deal that we, uh, how should I put it? To even say the holiday was ruined, it's a misnomer because it's kind of impossible. The holiday was ruined means my expectations of that holiday were not met, but the holiday itself was there. It's kind of like, imagine if somebody went to your birthday party and they said, oh, your birthday party was ruined. And you're like, well, but it's about my birthday. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't like your uncle there. And so your birthday party was just ruined. It was a terrible birthday party. And for you, you say, well, but it was, I had a great time. I, I don't think it was ruined. I, you know, it was very nice to have everybody there. Yeah, but for me, it was ruined. I couldn't. Well, yeah, but then the question is, was it about you? You know, you came to my birthday party. It was about me. No, not to be selfish, but obviously it's somebody's birthday party. The party is about them. Um, and if I go up to somebody, I say, your birthday party was just awful. It was ruined because I wasn't happy. <clears throat> my person might look at me and say, well, good luck. You know, I hope I hope you do well with that because it was my birthday party and it was just fine. Well, you notice that we can have two different points of view on the same holiday, but it's because of different expectations. Well, Let's work, work our way backward on our list here of pitfalls and see how can we improve it during this Advent season and then following that the Christmas season and then, you know, in, in that Christmas season, the New Year's. Uh, how can we look at this and say, how am I going to navigate these holidays? How am I going to have a good Catholic holiday? How am I going to um, navigate situations which might not feel so good, but realize that the holiday is not ruined? So first, I would say, let's let's ask the question, what is the holiday about? <clears throat> because if you notice, all these the list of things I went through, it has to be picture perfect. Everybody has to be in a happy mood. It has to be the right presence wrapped in the right way. You know, it has to be, am I going to get the right present? Uh, there's so many family issues I don't even want to deal with. And then 
I don't want to look at myself during the holiday season. I'm sure I would never ruin anything for anybody. You know, all these expectations, there's a whole lot of eyes in there. Um, my idea, my views, my presence, my, you know, is that really what the holiday is? Is it what it's about? Is it what it's supposed to be about? What is Christmas about? It gets lost in the commercialism. It gets lost in the expectation. It gets lost in um, trying to meet uh, these emotional uh, goals. It becomes a roller coaster. And that can be really, really challenging. Let's back up a little bit. What This is what's the beauty of the way that the Catholic Church celebrates the beauty of Advent, the beauty of fasting. People say, oh, why do we have to fast before Christmas? That's a party pooper. Christmas is a happy time. Christmas is lights and, and decorations. And aren't you in the holiday spirit? You got to get in the Christmas spirit. But what is the Christmas spirit? The Christmas spirit, if we're going to look at it from the actual true religious holiday, first of all, what is Christmas? It's the birth of Christ. There's no question about it. There's nothing else. You can strip it down to uh, get rid of, you can get rid of Santa. You can get rid of decorations. You can get rid of, take your pick on the, church calendar, it will still be birth of Christ. And regardless of what's surrounding that, it's still the birth of Christ. It's kind of like saying, you know, St. Lucy, the Feast of St. Lucy is within our um, our holiday season here for our as Catholics. And the Feast of St. Lucy happens, we celebrate that day, whether people are aware of it or not, it's still happening. It's still there. You can try to chop down all the Christmas decorations and anything that would remind us of Christmas. But yet, September 25th will still be the birth of Christ. That's what it comes down to. That's what the holiday is about. And if the holiday is about the birth of Christ, if you were listening to our show last week, the birth of Christ, if you read the gospel of Luke in the narrative, the birth of Christ comes with a mission for us. The angels appear to the shepherds and let them know, hey, you guys have a mission we do? Yeah, you do have a mission. You're going to find a babe in swaddling clothes. You're going to see Mary and Joseph. You're going to go into Bethlehem. You're going to see this child, and you got to go worship him. That is your mission. That mission is still for us. And if you notice, if we look at it that way, if we start there, everything else, all the other points fall apart. That's really the secret to having the happiest, most perfect Christmas ever is, am I celebrating Christmas? Because Nowhere in that gospel reading does it say, hey, in fact, let me look at that gospel reading right now. Um, nowhere in there does it say, make sure that you wrap the per perfect Christmas present. Make sure that you avoid Uncle Bob at the party. And make sure that, you know, the tree has the right number of lights on it. And that is what God mandates for Christmas. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. Because that's not what the mission was. The mission was, and let's read it right here. So we're looking at the at Luke chapter 2, verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared. Actually, let's back up to verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. So these shepherds lived over there. Okay, there. So what happens here? Let's look at the scene and let's look at what Christmas is about. And then we can look at, can I avoid these pitfalls? Because we need to find the answer somewhere. And if we can't find it in Christ at the end of the day, then we're never going to find the answer. But let's look at this. And there were shepherds living out there in the fields nearby. 
so nearby where Christ was born, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. That was it. That was the whole message. And then what happens after the message is given? Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried, hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they had spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. We read that on the show last week, but really this is this is what it comes down to. We should probably be reading this every day during Advent to prepare. There's so much to break down here about what is the holiday truly about, and I think that this is where we're going to find our joy. If I'm worried about finding the perfect present, but I haven't read this first, I'm not saying don't give people presents. I'm not saying, you know, don't go to the holiday parties. I'm not saying it has to be perfect at all. But this is the perfect Christmas right here. This is what we just read about. If you want to therapize, if you will, if you want to see how in my heart can I make this the perfect, perfect holiday season, well, get rid of the commercial expectations and look at what is Christmas really about? What is Christmas Day about? Why do we have Advent then? Is Advent really a party pooper season? No, not if you look at it from the eyes of the church. For most people, it would be. You mean I have to fast and I have to sacrifice? But come on, the lady at work is making her her world-famous cookies. Those are the best ever. You mean I, I shouldn't eat those? Hey, nobody's here to tell you how to sacrifice or how to lead your own Christmas or your own, excuse me, your own Advent in preparation of Christmas, how you fast, how you pray. God, God sets that up for us individually. Um, you know, we can, you can do a Lenten type sacrifice where there's no meat on Fridays. You can, uh, do whatever sacrifice you want. Only God knows what's in our hearts though. But really, if we're going to get rid of all these other things, this Bible passage alone will be the solution to actually everything. It's going to break it down. Why? Because the very first thing is the angels came to the shepherds. Remember they were living out on the field. That tells me that God is going to send, if we do Advent right, if we start preparing, God is going to send some angels to our home. I don't even have to go anywhere. I can just go about my everyday job, my everyday um, preparation, my everyday whatever it is. But if I'm nearby, they were in the fields nearby. Even if I am just nearby Christ, he's going to send his angels to me. He's going to give me a message. He's going to let me know what I'm supposed to do. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's what's going to happen. We're going to get there. And we might be terrified. It can, it can be. It's always going to be scary to follow God. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Now, keep in mind, this is where the real message comes in. This is where the message of Christmas is to us. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. That's the end of the day message. Christ was born. Are we celebrating that in our holiday season? Or am I worried about, does this look perfect. Perfect for who? 
you know, is it the perfect picture perfect scene for who? Who am I trying to impress? Who's the holiday about? Whose birthday is it? Is it my birthday? No, it's Christ's birthday. So today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is it. This is what you've been waiting for. Haven't you all been waiting for salvation? Haven't you all been waiting to make it to heaven? Isn't that what we're here about? We're not supposed to set up shop here on earth. We're supposed to really set up our shop in heaven. And then here's the, the kicker for me. This is the one where we get the message where the angel says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. This is what you're going to find. So already we have a message here. We've got, we've got a directive. What's the directive? That we're going to find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So what do I have to do now? Well, based on that message, I got to go look for a manger. But I got to go find a manger somewhere. Remember, mangers were where animals slept, so it'd be rare to find a baby there. This is how you know you found the right kid. How many babies do you see in a manger, in a barn? Who would take their baby to a barn? Even if you're you know, the most destitute of destitute, you usually wouldn't have a baby in a barn, but that's Christ showing us that he is the most destitute of destitute here on earth. He didn't take up any riches for himself, and he's going to be easy to find. Because if you ask around, especially in a small town, in Bethlehem, a small town, you're going to say, hey, how many barns are there around here? Ever heard of a baby in one of them? I don't know. It's kind of word gets around. Yeah, that barn over there. A couple just had a baby over there. Ah, that might be where we need to go. Any other babies you think in barns around here? They're probably going to say no. All right, I'll write one. So we get the idea of the holiday. We start to say, I got to go find the baby in a manger. And then after the break. All right, folks, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, today we're talking about how do we avoid the holiday pitfalls? Yes, even as Catholics, we can have holiday pitfalls. It's an interesting season, this Advent Christmas season, because as Catholics, we're supposed to celebrate it differently than other people. You know, most people by now, they, the world, the secular world starts to celebrate Christmas right after Thanksgiving and sometimes before Thanksgiving. You know, they start this idea of pre-Christmas celebration and Christmas Day is the pinnacle of the holiday. Well, it is, but it's interesting when, when you look at it from God's point of view, the pinnacle of the holiday is the first day and it only gets better from there. You know, it's it's a continued celebration. The holiday hasn't happened yet, so there's nothing to celebrate. Secular world, we start pre-celebrating, so to speak, because it hasn't happened. Imagine somebody celebrating your birthday a couple months early. You're going to say, well, yeah, but my birthday hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but happy birthday to you. Well, I haven't gotten there yet. Usually, we wait until the person's birthday, and then if we miss the birthday, or you could say, you know what, we're going to celebrate your birthday all week. This is going to be a week-long celebration. It's kind of like nobody, you know, even my friends who are not Catholic and have days-long weddings, well, they don't start celebrating their wedding before the wedding necessarily. They have multiple days where it's the full wedding celebration, and it goes on for a while, right? So they have the, the, the wedding starts when they have their first uh, holiday. So it's an interesting thing for us uh, as Catholics to um really navigate between celebrating with the world and celebrating um, as Catholics do with our faith. 
here's the challenging part. What's the world celebrating and what are we celebrating? Because I see a whole lot of Christmas commercials, a whole lot of uh, Christmas uh, cartoons, a whole lot of Christmas shows, and none of them ever really show, or I should say the vast majority, the vast majority don't speak about the birth of Christ. On a few movies that we've watched, it's really nice because they at least talk about a manger and they, they briefly mention Christ, so at least that's there. But none of them are about, we got to get to church. And what does the birth of Christ mean to us? Well, let's look at the pitfalls that we talked about, and let's look at them in reverse, shall we say. Let's fix them. How do we get rid of these pitfalls during our holiday season? The first thing is, go back and read Luke. Go back and read the gospel narrative of the birth of Christ. Go back and ask yourself, what is this holiday all about? It'd be like somebody going to your birthday party and telling you, hey, you know what? Happy birthday. It's your 20th birthday. And we're going to um, put up a, hollow, uh, a Hawaiian theme all around. And you say, well, it's actually my 30th birthday. And I don't like Hawaiian themes. And they say, oh, no, no, no you're going to like it. It's fine. This is what we're doing for you. This is for your birthday. And you say, but this isn't what my birthday is about. And they say, no, we're going to make it about this and you're going to like it. Well, imagine telling Christ that, you know, we're going to make your birthday about mistletoe. We're going to make your birthday about reindeer. We're going to make your birthday about snowmen. Well, okay, well, I understand there's a winter season and we can talk about winter seasons. Um, but the birth of Christ itself, Christmas Day itself, what really is it about? It really comes down to the message of the angel where they said today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. What does that mean to you? How do we, keeping that in mind, having that as our main focus, having that as our view, if we do that, it changes everything. It changes everything because all of a sudden, I'm going to go to this holiday party. There's going to be family there. And am I ready to ask people, well, what does the birth of Christ mean to you? What do you think it was like for St. Joseph and Mary when they were probably pretty scared looking for somewhere to have the child. I wonder what that was like for them. Well, let's back up then. So let's go backwards. If I know that the holiday is about the birth of Christ, if I keep that as my focus, where are my unresolved self-issues? That was the last pitfall that we talked about before um, at the end of the list there. Where are my unresolved self-issues? Well, it's not about me. Then. Why, why wait until Christmas Day to look at any unresolved self issues. Shouldn't I be doing that all year? It's like, hey, this is your birthday. Imagine it's your birthday and I say, ah, oh, it's your birthday. Gosh, that's that's when I uh, avoid everything. That's when uh, I avoid family because it's it's your birthday. Yeah, but it's my birthday. What does that have to do? They're, your family's there, you're there, uh, your issues are there all year round. Why wait until my birthday for to take care of all this? I don't know, just because it's your birthday. The real reason is if we look at this as Catholics is because the birth of Christ means something. Because a Savior was born to us, am I ready to look at, am I worthy to present myself before this Savior? I never will be. But that's the understanding. That's the idea. He's, that's why he's a Savior. I have to recognize that I'm not perfect. I'm not worthy of, of all the gifts God's going to give me. And yet he loves me anyway. I better present myself. He's a, he's a Savior. He's going to make things right. I can't make things right. Unresolved family issues. Is the birth of Christ about unresolved family issues? Yes, because that's what Christ is here for. He's going to help resolve all of our issues. If I come in with the idea that Christ was born and he was born to save me, who am I to judge somebody else? I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know 
you know, I could say, oh, I'm going to make excuses for my own temptations and my own sins. And, oh, well, this is why I did it, though. I did it because of this or that. And so not that that excuses it, but let me soften it up a little bit. Let me explain to you why I did something that I shouldn't do. And then all of a sudden, okay, I can make excuses for myself. I don't know what demons my family members are dealing with. I don't know in their own lives what temptations they have to overcome. I don't know what pain is in their hearts. I don't know what heavy burdens they carry. And is the holiday season the time for me to beat them down about it, get upset about it, judge them about it? Maybe it's a time for me to say, you know what, I'm going to go to the party. That person's not always pleasant, but it's not about me and it's not about them. This is about the birth of Christ. And hopefully, hopefully I can maybe not smooth things over, but just say a kind word to them. Maybe I can, you know, say, uh, uh, find something good about them, even if it's that they polish their shoes or that they wear a nice, they're wearing a nice tie that day. Whatever it is, take your pick. If I can find something positive about them, I'm already breaking that cycle of the unresolved family issues because usually when it's unresolved, that idea we have a negative image of this person and it's just going to grow. The negativity is going to grow. How do I resolve that? By recognizing this is about Christ. What does Christ want? Well, now we come into the next part. The next part was about getting presents, giving presents, the perfect present. Who is the present for? Whose party is it? Not my party. I don't usually go to a birthday party and ex expect presents. I usually have to go to the birthday party and bring a present. But I don't bring the present for everybody at the party. I bring the present for the birthday boy. In this case, it's the birthday boy. That's Jesus Christ. That kind of resolves the idea of getting presents. If I'm expecting presents on the birth of Christ, Jesus' birthday party, I kind of came to the wrong party. It's not my birthday. It's not this holiday is not about me. It's about the birth of Christ and how Christ came for me. So in a way, we could say it is about me, but it's not my birthday party. It's about Christ's party. It's about time to glorify Christ. That's really what it is. I got to come here to glorify Christ. I didn't hear Christ is my present. God gave us a present on his own birthday. And yet, do I recognize that? Is that enough? Or do I have my material present list ready to go? Can I just accept the fact that Christ, my everything, is giving himself to the world on that day? He came here for me as well. Came here for you. He came here for everybody. That's the ultimate present. If I'm truly going to have a Catholic Christmas, everything else is going to be superfluous. But I don't want any present that's going to take my mind off of the fact that Christ was born. That would kind of ruin it, you know. It's and this is where okay, it's a thought that counts because if somebody gives me a present and it's coming from their heart, do I see Christ in this exchange? This is something to consider when I say, well, I don't want, I don't need any presents. I'm going to be so grateful for anything I do get because it's coming from somebody, and hopefully it's coming from their heart, and hopefully that's not out, out of obligation, and hopefully because we have a good bond in Christ, because we say Merry Christmas, Christ is born. I'm so happy. Now is the next part that I want to give presents. I want to give out presents and I want my presence to represent the birth of Christ in the world and remind people of that. I want to tell them, hey, I was thinking about you because I thought about how Christ came and he's going to save us. And I feel so happy that I have a way to make up for my sins, a way to uh, make it into heaven, that the doors were open. Even though I am a sinner, I have to go to Christ. He's here. He came for us. He came to die for us. 
And now I can say Merry Christmas wholeheartedly. What a Merry Christmas. What a happy time. Because now I can lead my life in a certain way and I'm guaranteed heaven so long as I choose Christ. What a great present for me. I want to give you a present in return. I want to give you something because you represent Christ in my life as well. I think if we start thinking about that, when we go to the family parties, if we go to uh, the get-togethers and we start saying, do I represent Christ to these people? Am I bringing a little bit of Christ to these people? And do I recognize Christ in them as well? I think that's the ultimate birthday present that Christ would want, because what kind of present am I going to bring Christ? That's the first present I need to think about. How do I celebrate Jesus' birthday? How do I show up? If I don't even go to church, if I don't go where Christ is, how can I give him a present? doesn't make sense. I need to find that tabernacle. I need to find that church. I need to go somewhere. You know, people get frustrated too when they say, hey, all these people come to Mass on Christmas and they weren't there all year and what's going on? They're here for the party. They're here. For, they, there's a recognition that there's something big happening, that Christ is born. Do I want them to come back next year? Sure. Do I want to come back every day? Of course, as Catholics, why do I want to come back? Selfish reasons. If we're all worshiping Christ, my life is better. That's all there is to it. If I worship Christ, I think that I'm going to make everybody else's life better a little bit. If everybody stops what they're doing, worship Christ, we wouldn't need, we'd probably get rid of all wars in this world. Be, that's what ultimate peace is. Everybody recognizing that Christ is the way to peace. That's all there is to it. This is what Christmas is really about. There has to be in our hearts, the reason I would, I would surmise as a psychiatrist, why does everybody show up on Christmas? There's something that's awoken in our hearts on Christmas and Easter that there's something so important that we all have to get there, that we all kind of have to stop and begrudgingly or frustrated or however we feel when we go to church. It's the one day that people say, I go on Christmas. Why? Or Easter. Why? There's something, there's got to be something in our souls that say, if nothing else, recognize that Christ was born for you. If nothing else, recognize that this is your salvation. Then we don't have to worry about the picture perfect mood. We don't have to worry about, is everybody happy or not? picture perfect christmas it's already perfect christ perfected it that's all that it really comes down to that's how we avoid the pitfalls start with christ start with christ on his birthday we start to see that that's what christmas is about everything else will flow from there and i guarantee you we will have a picture perfect holiday and with that in mind you know folks what can i say what a great time of year what a great time of year to come down to the birth of Christ and share that with everybody else. And then we'll be able to say, have a very Merry Christmas.